Good morning. Good morning. It is a privilege indeed to to speak in front of you, especially in front of my Ninong, right here. <laughs> so um, that tells you how old he is. And my Ninang Grace, where's my Ninang Grace right there? <laughs> they were the ones who gave the gospel challenge to me. 29 years ago, that was in 1984. So it's just coincides when CCF was just starting. I didn't even know the name. I left America, I mean, the Philippines for America. I never heard of CCF until we came back after maybe nine or ten years. But anyway, praise the Lord. So uh, this morning, we'll discuss something that a lot of us have in our hearts. Some good, some bad. I don't know where it came from. It just came to me. Anyway, how many of you have fears? Fears. Uh, no, some people don't, didn't raise their hands, so matatapang sila. Okay. So all of us, we have fears. Okay? Well, in my research, I look at, look at the, uh, on the internet, and Gallup actually did a survey about fears. And I took the top 10. So, is this ready to go? Oh, there you go. Okay. Number 10, thunder and lightning. When you hear thunder and lightning, how many of you are afraid of that? By the way, you can raise your hand. Please raise your hand if you're afraid of any of the list that we have. We have one, two. Okay. How about the next one? Dogs. Ooh, I got bitten by a dog when I was a kid too. But I love dogs. Okay. A little bit more hands. How about this? My wife. But she didn't raise her hand. Okay, flying on an airplane. Ironically, our son flies every day. <laughs> How about mice or rats? Ugh. Okay, how about this one? Needles. Walang turuan. Kanya-kanya yan. Spiders and insects. Oh. Epis. Ooh, mine. How about this one? Being in a closed, small space. Okay. Tawag dun what? Claustrophobia. Okay. Heights. Okay. Nagtuturoy yung iba. Sayo lang yung mga ano daw. Kanya daw pala. Eh siguro mga pastor natin meron ding mga takot sa heights. How about this public speaking? Okay. Well, you know, one time I think Pastor Danny, you should uh, schedule the people to be here. Okay. What do you think is number one? Multo. Hindi alam ng America yung multo eh. What do you think? Spouse? Sino nagsabi nun? Alright, here's number one and... No. Snakes? 
snakes. You know, in my almost 30 years of being here in America, I have never ever seen a snake in the wild. And we go hiking, at least when I was teaching, never. But people are afraid of snakes. Rightly so. tayo. Okay? But aren't you glad, oh chicken? <laughs> chicken. Okay. Aren't you glad that we are not in Australia? Why? Because they have lots of snakes more than people? Why? There's a lot more things out there than people. But look at this. Five of the top ten most venomous snakes in the world, top one, two, three, are in Australia. And one of them, actually, even if you get anti-venin, you will still die. So, useless. And then two spiders. Not Spider-Man. And one of them lives in the city. It is called Sydney Funnel Spider. Funnel cake. <laughs> so be careful when you order funnel cake. So all of these things are the ones that are scaring people. According to Gallup, what is it not listed in here? And I heard somebody said about death. It's not listed. What else? Sickness is not listed either. Okay. Marami pa na hindi listed, but these are the top 10 according to Gallup. And if it's Gallup, I'm not going to question him, okay, or their research group because they know they search, they research, okay? So, but what really is fear? Question. What is fear? Fear, takot. Okay. According to some, here is the definition of fear. Can you read that, please? Wow. False evidence appearing real. Nagbago yung font, no? Kasi yung font ko niya nakakatakot talaga eh. But really, look at that. It's a false evidence. Doon sa list natin kanina, how many of those fears are really real to you? Maybe one or two. The rest of them, really not. Uh, flying in an airplane? You know, the safest mode of transportation is airplane. But when people go into the airplane, they shake. Takot. Why? Because our feet are not on ground. Because a lot of times our trust is where? When we have control. When we have here planted on solid ground. But take the moment when you ride an airplane. And for those of you who will be flying, uh, those who are going back to the Philippines, before you go, I know you pray. Okay, and we will pray for you too. So prayer is the only thing that we can hold on and hang on. Because otherwise, when the plane goes like this, in a turbulence, maybe you can hang on to your ears. That's it. Alright, but they're all bad. Fears. Is there anything good about fear? Nothing good? Well, the Bible says differently. Take a look. In Psalm 111.10, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. And I like the second one. 
in Isaiah 33:6. Read that all together. He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The key to what? To all of the things that he said earlier. The foundation of your times. The rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. All of those begins with what kind of fear? The fear of the Lord alone. Okay? Well, I guess you know the title of the, the message for today is what? Fear Factor. You know this uh, show. I don't know if it's still on. I actually have not watched a single episode of this one. But Fear Factor. And they subject people to the greatest fear that they have. I think uh, I saw on maybe YouTube or something that one person was put in a, in a uh, glass cage full of snakes. So if you're afraid of snakes, well, I don't want to be there. However, fear will be a factor only if what? You know the song earlier? If you have God, then you will not have what? If God is with you, no fear. Okay? So, we change it a little bit and it will now say, if you are filled with the Spirit, then fear will not be a factor. So remember that. When our son was young, you know, all kids are practically afraid of the dark. So in a dark corridor, he wouldn't even go there. So we, we taught him to say, he who is in me is greater than who is in the world. And then he would say, who is in me? <laughs> like that. But he will be able to go through. Okay? So that's the thing. We will not be afraid if we know who is with us. Correct? But we are only afraid when we know that we don't have anybody. Parang barkada yan eh. Pag mag-isa ka, ganyan, tamay-may ka. Pero pag dalawa kayo, sino? Yan? Lakas ng loob kasi may, alam niya, may bakar siya. Pero pag, hindi, ganyan lang yan eh. O yung maton, may agilad daw. Sa dibdib niya, tato. Eh, merong mas malaki sa kanya. Ikaw? Hindi, sir. Eh, nang agila mo. Ano lang yan? Pipit lang yan. Maya. Remember who is in us. Let us be filled with the Spirit so that fear will not be a factor. Okay? I would like to invite everybody to please stand as we read our main verse for this morning. 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. Read with me, please. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of love and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we invite you, Lord God, to your center, Lord God, this morning. We read, Father God, your word. The encouragement, Lord God, to Timothy, Lord. And we ask, Lord God, that that will be 
the word that you have for us this morning. An encouragement, Father God. Use me, Lord, as your messenger. And I pray, Father God, that you will be the one that will be honored and be glorified. Bless us, O Lord God, this morning as we meet with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take your seat, please. As we read, this is the encouragement. A letter to Timothy. There are two of them. One and two Timothys. And they were written to Timothy to give him the encouragement. Remember, Timothy was a young pastor. He was the protege of Paul. But when Paul was away and Timothy was now leading a church, some discouragements in his part uh, started arising because of the many issues in churches, in that particular church. Okay, We will discuss that a little bit more. But this is particularly to give encouragement. Pastor Danny, do you need encouragement? Pastor in song? Pastor in song? <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. Yes. Oh, sabi niya, yes daw. Yeah, he needs encouragement too. Who can use encouragement today? <laughs> Nobody? Okay. Who can use encouragement today? Yan. We all need it. We all need it because tomorrow when you go to your work, ah, okay, that's a different story. But really, let's get all the encouragement that we can get from, number one, from the Lord. Number two, from if you're married, from your spouses, hopefully. Encouragement. Okay? And then to fellow believers. Because we are called to encourage one another. Isn't that right? Okay. So here in this book, Paul was encouraging Timothy. And you will see... Why? And he's reminding Timothy, you need to do this, you need to do that. Because of something. I'll show you. He says in here, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. The laying of my hands. This was the time when Timothy was ordained by not just Paul, but also the elders of the church. And he is reminding Timothy, hey, we ordained you. Those of you who were here when, in a way, we, where's Pastor Reggie? Pastor Reggie was ordained in this church, not in this stage right now, but in the other church, I think, right? Oh, is it here? Okay, here. So here, he was ordained. So the same thing as what Paul did to Timothy Pastor Reggie was ordained. So don't forget, Timothy, you were ordained. We laid our hands on you that day. So do not be afraid. Okay? You have the gift of God. And what are those gifts? He mentioned that one by one. Not the gift of timidity. Siguro ganyan galing yung pangalan niya, no? Timothy, timidity. Just a side joke lang yun. Not the, God, not the spirit of timidity, but the spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Imagine that if you have that kind of gifts, spiritual gift to you, given to you, 
Will you be afraid, Harry? No. You will not be afraid because you know that you have someone backing you. And it's not just your mom. It is the Holy Spirit. It's not just Pastor Danny. It's someone bigger than all of us. And that's the Holy Spirit giving us the spirit of love, the spirit of self-discipline, and the power. Okay? Those are the gifts that were given to Timothy. Okay. So if you have those, sabi ni Paul, don't be shy. Or don't shy. Sabi ni Pastor in song. Don't shy. Okay? Because the Lord is with you. If you are shy, are you also being going to be ashamed of me? Sabi ni Paul, no, you should not. Okay? Because I am with you, including in your suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So the main thing in here is, if you are filled with the Spirit, the Spirit will set you free and be free indeed. Okay? You know, I look at the uh, the meaning or the other uh, verse of um, or version for timidity because I could not quite understand it. Why is it fear when it says timidity? Where the King James Version says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. There you go, fear. And in Greek, I'm not a uh, Greek theologian, so I don't know how it really uh, pronounced. It says Delia or Delia or Delia. It's actually fear or nervousness, shyness, or cowardliness. So that's the root word for fear or timidity, shyness. No wonder, no wonder Timothy was afraid. Okay? But remember, Timothy fanned into flame the gift of God. Why? Because to you, the gift of God, and you have the word of God with you, because all scripture is what? It's God breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and teaching in righteousness. So now you said, okay, so the pastors that we have in here, they have the right to what? To teach, to rebuke, to correct. Okay. Then you start train in righteousness. Hindi po pwedeng okay, hindi ka sumusunod na pupukin mo sa ulo. Or iganyanin mo sila. No, because that has to be done also in with all gentleness. Bakit sinabi ni Paul kay Timothy, you have this. You have the word of God with you. Why will you be ashamed? It is useful for you. Use it because you will need it. Why? Because look at this. Because it is for you, Timothy, so that you, the man of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So now that we have all of that, so the pastors are equipped for every good work. It's not only for them. It's for all of us. So that you and us over here that's, that you hear speaking, you can also do what we're doing. 
Now you may not be here exactly because some of you raise your hand when they ask how many of you have fear of, of public speaking. Well, you raise your hand up high. May not be in this scenario, but you can do it what? One by one or one on one. Or how about to your spouse? Can you share the gospel to your spouse? Some of you are saying, mm, I don't know. Okay? No matter how difficult, no matter how hard the heart of anybody, if the Lord will be the one to speak to them, nothing, nothing can resist that. I can tell you why. Because it's my experience. I'm going to use uh, my wife because but I didn't ask permission, but... Uh, when, when, when Susan was not a Christian yet, and we were having a Bible study in, in a, a one-bedroom apartment that we are sharing with somebody else, so we were forced, we were staying in the living room in a sofa bed. It happened to be that the, the one renting the apartment, they're Christians, and they have the pastor that will go there every Tuesday with accordion. <laughs> like that. During that time, Susan was pregnant. And when you're pregnant, you want to sleep. And especially for her, because she had a very difficult pregnancy. And to, so that she will be hospitable, she will get up, join the Bible study and uh, on the uh, kitchen table. But then she will ask questions after questions after questions. And the pastor said, you know, Susan, you are splitting hairs in your question. Have you have anybody in your life that's like that? Don't you raise your hand. Okay? Just pray for that person. And you know what? The wisdom of the Lord was with our pastor at that time. And he said to Susan, You know, Susan, if I will be the one to answer you, it's going to be my word. But I want you to read the Bible. Then you ask me later on. Then Susan said, Yilampala, tingnan natin. Babasahin itong Bible so that I will be better than you. Nagbasa nga. So what happened? Naging Christian. <laughs> there you go. So, sorry about that, ma, without prior notice. <laughs> because before that, when, when Danny and Grace were not pastors yet, they come here to visit us in that apartment. Remember that? And we will go, and they're not saying anything to Susan. But we will see people carrying heavy Bibles. And then Susan will say, Anong sabi niya? Pupokpokin Bible niya sa ulo niya. Imagine that. But now look. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to embarrass her, but uh, you know, I'm just saying that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think it's a good, you know, uh, thing to say that we came from here. And because a lot of people came even from the deepest pit. That's not one of them. She might be hard-headed even now, but it's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Patayin ko mamaya. Wala pa lisensya. Nagsabi pa ng gano'n. All right. Mukha na tutuyan niya ata ko. Too big. All right. So but we need to really be assured 
Because when God is with us, when we are filled with the Spirit, we have this in us, the Scripture. Do you bring your Bible to church every Sunday? All right. Some yes, some don't. Well, the thing is because we have the technology and you, we give you everything, kind of like spoon feed you the Scriptures, it maybe it's also it's a weakness because we don't really flip the Bible, okay? But just for the sake of time, we do that. But we pray that you will also in your own private time that you will open your Bible and read. But before you open, you pray and then read whatever devotional. You know, it doesn't have to be one hour, 20 minutes, 10, you know, like that. For as long as you read every day and understand, okay? So we have that, um, for Timothy, we have that kind of uh, adamant uh, admonition. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Truly a servant of God. <laughs> An admonition to Timothy and for us as well. That we have that word of God so that we can use it. And if you know that somebody is not a Christian yet, you think you know more than them? A little bit? Yeah, right? Because we are the one reading the Bible, we should know a little bit. And with all the training that Pastor in song, Pastor Danny, the GLC, the Galatians class, I think we have something that we learned. Correct? So we know a little bit of something better than those who do not know the Lord yet. So why we should be ashamed? We should not. Okay? We shouldn't be ashamed. Now, because of that uh, timidity of, of uh, Timothy, the verses that followed continued on for his, kind of like an admonition or a reminder to Timothy, hey, Timothy, do this. You have that, okay? So we all need that. And he also said, do not neglect your gift. Several Sundays ago, we had uh, someone sp uh, speak about spiritual gifts. And we have our um, brother Sean, uh, brother Sean. He sent an email for the link on that spiritual gift inventory. How many of you did that? And if you did not, then you did not know your spiritual gift. Those of you who did it, you know your spiritual gift or gifts. So then Paul said, do not neglect that. Use it. Otherwise, you will lose it. When I was in... When I was young, this is a long time ago, I was assigned to Ilocos, the Ilocos region. I was a med rep, so I have all the Ilocos region, including Cagayan, Apari, like that, you know, where you see the, the map of the Philippines, you curve like that in the north? I went there, okay? And I learned to speak Ilocano. Are there Ilocanos here? Okay. Now, I was able to kind of Converse. I was able to converse a little bit. But then I didn't use it, so what happened? I lost it. But I learned through interaction. 
I used to go home every weekend, and so I will take the, the train and then go down to La Union. And then I hear people say, Papanam, Papanam, Papanam. I didn't quite understand. And yap, I'm shy, you know. So I was ashamed or shy of asking, what is Papanam? Then I will hear the people say, Lawag or, or Vegan. So I, now I connected the two of them, say, oh, Papanam is maybe where you're going. So there, but then the only word that I remember now is papanam and inapoy. So if I say, papa, pag tinanong ka papanam, and I answer inapoy, mukhang impyerno niya tayon. Pupunta ka sa apoy. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Insong. Do not neglect your gift. Kasawa ko, tawa ng tawa. Which was given you... <laughs> given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Okay? The great hindrance of usefulness in the increase of our gifts is fear. Why? You're afraid to share. I don't know what my friend will say. Maybe he or she will say, I'm a fanatic. Or maybe they will reject me. Remember, it is not you, it's not us that they will reject. If they reject the message, it is not the messenger that they're rejecting. It's the one who sent the message. And the message was given to us by Christ. So if you have the hope that's given to you, are you not going to give it to somebody else? Let's say, for example, you have a loved one that has a sickness that is incurable and sometimes we call it cancer and you know that you have the cure for that you are a scientist you did your research and that you have the cure I'm gonna keep this will you not share that will you not give it to somebody who really needs it because you have the hope so share it. That's my encouraging, uh, encouragement to you. If you have the hope, you know, in First in Peter, and we'll go into that later, it says in there what? Be ready to give an answer that you have so that you can give to those who ask the hope that is in you. Paraphrase. But truly, we have that. Okay? So remember, take out the fear in your hearts or in our hearts and be bold. Be bold. Don't let anyone look down on you, Timothy, because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. I like to stress the word young in there because I'm sorry your pastors here in CCF are quite old right now. So, matatanda na yung mga pastor natin. So, it's a... May, may nagre-reklamo na dito. So, it is a challenge. <laughs> Narinig ko yun. <laughs> it is a challenge for the young people. Where are the young people? Tahimik ang mga young people, ah. Alright! Oh, yung mga mga young at... <laughs> young at... Ah, tama. Bata pa talaga siya. Wala pang buhok. All right. No, the young people, 
Okay, look in here. The verse says what? Don't let anyone look down on you. Dion, because you are young. Don't let anyone look on you. Jay, because you're young. I'm sorry, I only remember a few names. So. <laughs> Those of you who are, I don't remember the names, I say, you young people, okay? Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated because you are young. Because you do have that answer. And then it says in here, you include your speech, the example in your life, in your love, in faith, and in purity. If you have all of those things, you remember the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit? Anong sabi dun sa last? There is no what? No law against that. So you are setting an example. If you are setting an example, can someone say he is so and so and whatever? If you are setting an example that you are loving somebody sacrificially, especially husbands, loving your wife sacrificially. Okay? Tumawa yung mga babae. And then your wife, sabi ng husband, submit! Lakas nun. But then, kasi ganito eh, sabi ng husband, because she needs to. The wife said, but he needs to do this. Eh, wala na yan. Hindi tayo matatapos yan. It will become what? Ano bang nauna? Itlog ba o manok? So it go back and forth, back and forth. But the key word is sacrificial. So the wife will love the husband sacrificially. The husband do the same thing. Do not wait for the husband, wives. Do not wait for your husband to love you sacrificially. Then you will submit because your husband is waiting for you to submit. It will never happen. Those of you who are still getting or engaged or trying to get married, Remember that. Don't wait for it. Give it. Hello? Okay. Give it. Don't wait. Because waiting, some people are not patient. They may not wait for you forever. Okay? So that when you have something to give, give it without reservation. And until I come, Sabini Paul, devote yourself to the public reading of the scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Okay? The personality of uh, Timothy was uh, of that. I mentioned earlier is um, about um, timidity. He was cowardly. He was uh, a little bit weak in character because the church in Ephesus, which I alluded earlier, he was in charge of the church in Ephesus. And the church in Ephesus has some issues, doctrinal issues. And the doctrinal issues, again, when go back to love your husband or love your wife, sabi dun sa Ephesians, ang ganda nun, di ba? Pero there is doctrinal issue pala dun sa church na yun. E yun na lang dalawang yun, husband and wife, doctrinal issue na pala yun eh. Because naghihintayan. Kanya ni-stress ni Paul, Husbands love your wife. And then for the wife, 
to respect the husband. Yun pala yan, marami palang issues doon. But being young as he, as Timothy was, the people there or the church members there kind of like giving him a difficult time. Bata yan, wala namang pag-ala namang yan, walang alam yan. Anong sabi nun sana? Uh, mayroon pang gata sa bibig or something like that. Okay? So he doesn't know anything. And to top it all, Timothy was weak. Remember? He has some issues with his stomach and that's why, that's why Paul said, drink a little wine. Not a lot. Just a little. Okay? So he said that so that he will be encouraged. Okay? Let's move on. Don't let anyone... Okay? In Deuteronomy 28, it says, Is anyone afraid or faint-hearted? Let him go home. Anyone of you afraid? No, don't go home. Okay? So that his brothers will not become disheartened too. You experience this. When someone is afraid, hawa-hawa. Okay? And in Judges, he said to Gideon, With the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give you the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. This should be a good example to Timothy. Why? Because Gideon was not a warrior. He was a farm boy. And he was just minding his own business when God told him, you will lead my people. Fighting against the Midianites and thousands and thousands of them. Especially, God said, you don't need all of your warriors. You only need 300 of them. 300? Fighting against all of these Midianites? The Lord is with you. Remember, if you are with the Lord and the Lord is with you, kahit isa ka lang, remember? Majority na. Okay. Do not let anyone or anything, and this is good, courage is fear that is prayed. Ernest Hemingway. And from um, the Daily Bread it says, Fear ends where faith begins. Another one. What is the antidote of fear? Warren Worsby Warren said, It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to serve God, and through Him we can overcome fear and weakness. Talent, training, and experience cannot take the place of the power of the, of the Spirit. So all of the trainings you know, that we attend, or all the knowledge that we gain, that's nothing compared with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Hidden in failure is courage simply waiting for perspective. I want you to remember this. Failures may be great discouragements, but it does not change God's purpose. Here's another one. Failures may be great encouragements if if that's God's purpose. I would like to stop here for a moment and uh, call on um, somebody that will give us a testimony. I would like to call on uh, Sister Lynette who will truly give us a perspective on what fear is and the how she overcame that. Good morning. I am Lynette Nolan, married to Pastor Insong Nolan. 
Life as, a, life as a pastor's wife was comfortable, busy, but blessed in many ways. In 2007, I was diagnosed with chronic, chronic glomerulonephritis, which is the inflammation of both kidneys due to infection. My kidney function at that time was at 64%, but I was not given st steroids as it would worsen my condition. So instead, I was asked to see a dietitian to manage my food and also was closely monitored every month to check on the kidney function. Late in December of 2009, Insong and I were called into the doctor's office because my lab results were very bad and he wanted to prepare me for dialysis. I wasn't ready to hear that, and so I asked our pastors and pastor's wives and D group to pray for me. The first week of January uh, 2010 was the scheduled prayer and fasting week for CCF. I was already diagnosed with end-stage renal failure, and I was calling on the Lord for his mercy and healing. I asked the Lord that if there is any sin in my life, that I am aware or not aware of to please forgive me. I also asked our CCF family for prayers. I was confident that God would answer my prayer and the prayers offered by his children in faith. Also during the month of January, there was a scheduled conference in CCF that was attended by pastors and leaders of different churches. On the last day of the conference, they asked me to go up the stage and all the pastors in the whole congregation prayed for my complete healing. During that time that I was being prayed for, God just gave me the peace to face any challenges that will come my way. I knew in my heart that he will heal me, but at the same time, I was praying for his will also. After prayers were offered in my behalf, Pastor Peter asked me to have myself checked again because we had prayed for healing. The result came back the same, and the prospect of living for the U.S. was becoming a reality. When my husband, Insong, found out about the decision of the doctor to prepare me for surgery, he decided that we will go to the States for a sec second opinion. He was a U.S. citizen, and I was an immigrant, so he told me that we were leaving on February 2. I told him that I wasn't ready to leave. I was asking him what will happen to the ministry that we have in CCF. I have two discipleship groups that I was handling at that time, the married women and the single professionals. Aside from that, he was a full-time in CCF as the praise and worship pastor. We were already comfortable where we are, and going to the States means that we have to start all over again. So many uncertainties and questions entered my mind. Where will we stay? How can we pay for the, my medical bills? What about the children, etc.? All these questions lingered in my mind and I was scared. So I prayed and asked the Lord to reveal to me in his word what he wants us to do. I want to obey him and trust his plans for us. The days passed by so quickly that two days before we were leaving for the US, I wasn't packed yet. Deep inside, I was really struggling to leave everything behind. I want to obey my husband, and so I prayed and asked God to give me assurance from his word that he will go before us. And he reminded me in his word in Genesis 33, verses 14 and 15. 
And he said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. That verse spoke to me, and I was just overwhelmed with peace, knowing that the Lord's presence will be with us. When I spoke to my sister here in Whittier and asked her if we could stay with them while I faced these medical issues of mine, she said, of course, I want you here so we can better take care of you and not to worry about this because we are most welcome to stay with her and her husband and our mother who is also living with her. This was another assurance from God that he will provide everything for us. We left Manila without our children who were still in school at that time. Excuse me. On February 7, while Insong was in Stockton, I started feeling weak and could hardly walk. My sister brought me to the emergency room I was, and I was given some tests to check what was wrong. When the resident doctor told me that my labs are not good and that my kidney function was down to 6%, he decided to call a kidney doctor to check on me. We waited for the doctor until 8 p.m. When my sister told the resident doctor that we will check out against medical advice because I don't have insurance and that we will just go to USC County Hospital. The resident doctor didn't agree but instead told me to wait because they found a kidney doctor that will take my case. It was almost 12 midnight when I, when I was brought to my room in the hospital. The next few days were a battery of tests which clearly confirmed that my kidney function was really down to 6%. The next day, the vascular surgeon did the mapping of my veins to be used for my dialysis. She put a catheter on my right upper chest as a temporary port for my dialysis while waiting for the surgery on my right vein to heal and accommodate the large needles that, that they will be using in about a month's time. All throughout this ordeal, God enveloped me with his amazing love, peace, and grace. He has been with me from the very beginning until this time. He has replaced my fear with rejoicing. I know that my journey with him is just beginning. I was discharged from the hospital. After 11 days without paying a penny, God indeed knows our needs and he supplied it abundantly. When I started my first dialysis in February 2010, it was the prayer of family, friends, and the whole CCF family that gave me the strength to face the, this testing of my faith. I was again reminded of this verse in Isaiah 41, verse 10, which says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The first year went by so fast, and the Lord has been so faithful in his promise to me when he said, never will he leave me, never will he forsake me. Even if I was going through dialysis three times a week, I still had the energy to go out and just enjoy doing ministry work with my husband because by July of the same year, CCFLA was born. God allowed me to go through my daily life with strength and vigor, renewed hope and just allowing me to even minister to the other patients in the dialysis center 
sharing with them the hope that I have in Christ Jesus. I gave some of them Bibles and even had the opportunity to pray for them. He has been using my affliction to minister to the lost and hurting. Since I found out about my kidney disease, I never ceased praying for God's healing. By my second year on dialysis, I knew in my heart that the Lord has already healed me, but not the physical healing I was praying for. He has been healing my heart of pride, fear, anxiety, lack of trust, unforgiveness, and disobedience. He was slowly molding me to be the kind of woman that God wants me to be, transformed by the power of his, his Holy Spirit in my life. Last January 2013, I had difficulty breathing, could not sleep at night, lying flat, because I felt I was drown drowning. Insong told me to see my doctor, but I said, this is just a cough and I will just rest at home. I decided not to go to our Friday night D group at Lakewood. At around 8 p.m., I had the urge to go to the toilet and noticed that there was blood in my stool. I got scared and told my sister about it. She told me to call my primary doctor and he advised me to go straight to the emergency room. While I was in the ER, I was feeling, I was feeling very congested and cannot breathe. I cannot even take a few steps as I was out of breath already. After some tests, the doctor told me that the blood in my stool is due to internal hemorrhoids, but what I have is pneumonia and possibly congestive heart failure. It's a good thing that I went right away or I might suffer a heart attack. Again, in God's wisdom, he allowed the blood in my stool so I can call my doctor and go to the ER. I was dialyzed for three consecutive days, removing three liters of fluid a day from my body to help ease my congestion. The doctor also did some tests to check on my heart, and their initial finding was that I had a leaking valve that required open heart surgery. This meant that I had to first resolve my heart problem be before I could even hope to have a kidney transplant. We again asked for our loved ones and CCF family to pray for healing, and if God would be gracious and merciful in healing me. That was the time that CCF Manila was again having their week-long prayer and fasting, and the congregation started praying for me. My doctor said he will do another test by inserting a guided camera inside my throat to confirm which valve is leaking. Before that procedure, I prayed to God that morning and thanked him for the result. I had peace knowing the Lord has heard the cries of his people. And that even before the results come out, I'm already healed in Jesus' name. During the procedure, while the doctor was conferring with the other doctors, he then told me that he doesn't see any leaking valve in my heart, which means no tear. What I have is mitral prolapse and doesn't require any surgery. Praise God. The next day, I was released from the hospital and went home, overjoyed at God's loving kindness and faithfulness. God moved and brought healing to me. When I was released, I was down to 100 pounds. I was so skinny that Insong talked to me about having a kidney transplant in the Philippines instead of waiting for a donor here. People and relatives had already offered to help pay for the procedure anyway. My dialysis was already taking a toll on my physical body, 
My labs are not good. My blood pressure is shooting up to 170 over 100, and I was getting weaker. I pleaded with God to answer my prayer for only three years of dialysis. I said, Lord, I don't know if my, if my body can still take another year of dialysis. You assured me in your word during my quiet time in Isaiah 46 verse 4, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. When Insung mentioned about going home to the Philippines, I told him that I've been praying for this also, and I didn't want this to come from me. But what we really agreed from the very beginning is that we will go with what will best glorify God. I wanted it, but my heart was telling me no, and trust God for his answer in his perfect time. A CCF friend from Manila who works as a consultant for a hospital was vacationing with another friend who was a doctor at St. Luke's. During dinner, Insung mentioned to her that he was thinking of sending me home to have my transplant in Manila and that he already asked for the contact number of the doctor who will do the surgery. He said he will email the doctor and mention the name to my friend. To our surprise, they both knew the doctor and said that as soon as they get back to Manila, they will talk to him. I told my friend that I'm still praying about it, and in fact, I'm not at peace with having my transplant there. So I said, I still need confirmation from God. February 10, 2013 was approaching, and it's going to be my third year as a dialysis patient. Psalms 143 verse eight says, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. This was a difficult decision, and I know from a human point of view, it is easier for me to just go home and have my transplant there. But God's ways are different from our ways. He didn't allow his glory to be taken away from him. In March 1, 2013 this year, while I was having dialysis, I got, I got a call from USC Keck Medical Hospital, and they informed me that they have a kidney available for me. They wanted me to go straight to the hospital after my dialysis and be there by 1 p.m. I was not to eat or drink anymore since they will schedule me for a transplant that night. I was admitted and brought to my room to prepare me for surgery scheduled at 9 p.m. It was a long wait, and it was already 7 p.m. when the kidney doctor saw me at my room. He told me that the donor died of a heart attack, and that he was 50 years old, and that they did a biopsy of his kidney, and it was a match and in good condition. He then asked me if I wanted to accept it and proceed with the surgery, or wait for a younger donor, or even wait for a living donor. I told him that I'd been praying to the Lord to grant me healing, through this and in his perfect time. I told him we were going ahead with the operation. I was wheeled to the OR at almost 10 p.m. that same night. I was just overwhelmed with God's, with God's peace and never felt any fear of what's going to happen. God assured me that he will take care of me and that I will bring glory to his name I, uh, as I testify of his love, power, miracle, and provision in the land of the living. It's been five months last August 1 since I had my transplant. God has been so gracious and good to me that I can't stop praising him 
for what he has done and continue to do in my life. I know that he still has a lot of work and mission for me to do in his kingdom. He allowed this trial in my life to mold me to become more and more like him and to bring glory to his name. This is not about me, but about the love, mercy, and goodness of the Lord. Please continue to pray for my new kidney that it becomes stronger and stronger each day and that my body will not reject it. May God continue to use me to minister to the sick, especially to those who are also going through the same trial I had before. Isaiah 38, verse 16b to 19a, you restored me to health and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back, for the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, they praise you as I am doing today. To the king, eternal, immortal, invisible God, to the author and perfecter of my faith, I bring honor, glory, and praises to you forever. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Lynette, and wow. So, are you still afraid? After that, I don't think we should be afraid. No more. After going through all of those trials, I mean, some of our trials are so minor, but we make it big. Let us not dwell into those things, but rather... Give all of our trials to the Lord. I'm sorry that I did not press the, uh, the button to, to show her. Look at her. <laughs> I showed her the, sli the, the slide and said, where did you get that? Uh, that was from our um, uh, first Christmas party, right? Yeah. So aren't you glad that she looks really, really healthy right now? Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. I feel like uh, I don't have to say anything anymore because uh, she already said it, okay? I just want to remind everybody that fear is a false evidence appearing real to our lives. It is not that there is no reality out there, but the enemy is blinding us, putting the smoke screen so that we will not see the glory of the Lord behind that but what we see is what is just in front of us that we think so big because yeah it looks so big because you're right there in your face but we step back and let the Lord do it all of those will go away Because the Lord is doing it for us. But there is a, an if. There's a condition. If we are filled with the Spirit, then fear will not be a factor. Bow your heads with me. Lord, thank you for the challenge that you have for us this morning and the encouragement 
We know, Lord God, that everyone has different fears. Some of them are real. Some of them are not. But it is our fault that we make it big in our own failures. And we fail to trust you. We haven't even talked about death. But it is something that is inevitable to everyone. And so this morning I pray that if anyone that is here for the first time, the Bible said, if you receive Christ, if you believe in Him, He gives you the right to be called a child of God. And in Romans, Chapter 8 says, There is now no condemnation for those who trust God. And so, if this is your first time to hear the message, and I want everybody's eyes closed and your head bowed, if you want to receive Christ, for we know that we are all sinners, just pray this prayer in your heart. No one's going to ask you. No one will, will look around. My eyes are also closed. I won't even see you. Because we don't want to embarrass you. But the Lord knows. And if you pray this prayer deep in your heart, calling upon the Lord, admitting that you are a sinner, for we are all sinners, then pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. I don't have any other recourse except to call upon you. Jesus, I know that you are the Savior. And I accept you to save me, to give my life back, to offer to you. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Accept me, O oh Lord as your child. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer, congratulations. You are now a child of God. And remember, who is in you? The Holy Spirit is in you and you will not fear anymore because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Thank you very much.